0: This is the Memory Palace. I'm Nate De Mayo. The French had nailed it. The world loved World's Fair, and the Exposition Universelle in Paris in 1889 just killed. The exhibits in the grounds were unparalleled and impeccable, and at the center of it all was this audacious steel structure that managed to be imposing and elegant and the tallest thing on earth and unmistakably French all at once. Paris had the Eiffel Tower. And the men planning the next fair, the Columbian Exposition in Chicago, just a couple of years away, needed something that good. Something Eiffel Tower good. And that wasn't easy to find. The proposals ran from the ridiculous, like a structure that would soar more than 2,000 feet above the land of Lincoln, made entirely of stacked logs and topped with a replica of Abe's boyhood home, to the extra ridiculous, Something so tall that visitors would take an elevator to the top and then sit in a slide that would drop them off in New York or San Francisco. The fair's organizers were in a panic. They demanded that America's designers and engineers step up. And a man named George Ferris stepped forward. When his Ferris wheel was completed that summer, it rose 264 feet above the ground which was a lot shorter than the Eiffel Tower, but that thing didn't even move. And the idea that something that was so massive, but that looked so fragile, like a bicycle wheel whose spokes looked too thin to keep a bike up, was thrilling and kind of terrifying. Despite what the engineers said, despite the math and laws of physics, despite the assurances of the people running the fair, there were people who were sure that this ludicrous machine was going to be a disaster, that people were going to die. Not only was there no way that that flimsy thing was going to be able to stand up to a prairie wind or a gale off the lake. Even if it did, the prospect of tumbling through the air in a cage 20 stories above Chicago was craziness. Who in their right mind is gonna wanna ride that thing? Hundreds of thousands of people did, despite the fact that during its test run thousands of bolts and loose parts rained down on spectators below. Despite real stories of panicked riders trying to escape through the windows when they realized exactly how high 200 feet was. Despite apocryphal stories of suicides and severed limbs. This ferris wheel, this thing that's basically a kiddie ride today, was a bigger thrill ride than any quintuple loop open car versus twist rocket coaster that they might have at Six Flags. But moreover, it was an entirely new human experience. The newspapers, even some in France, said it was the marvel of the age, better than the Eiffel Tower. And it was a Ferris wheel. That almost mundane sensation we have now of looking down from above and moving through space, up and out and down and around again. No one had ever felt those things before. And of course now we can't really feel those things again. We've gone around too many times. We've looped too many loops. But back in 1893, you could pay your 50 cents and climb into a car right after sunset during the golden hour and experience something entirely new. And you could rise up far above the World's Fair, where down below Americans were eating hamburgers for the first time, where entire villages from Egypt and Algeria had been brought to the middle of America and reconstructed. And you could come back to Earth and walk out of the car and be among the first people on Earth to walk around at night with lights on. But fairs end. They shut down and pack up and leave town. And the Ferris wheel did too. Moved to a different park on the north side of Chicago. And it was fun for a while. But after a while, the novelty was gone. And they tore it down. And a salvage company bought it for eight grand and blew it up with dynamite and sold the pieces for scrap.